Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode 152 of the Sports Podcast. Tim and Anthony with you. You can find us on Twitter at The Real Radio MVP. I'm at Tim Continenza. Anthony's on Instagram. If you'd like to follow him there mm-hmm. at ACAP17. Find us, just do a search on Facebook at RadioMVP.com on the internet and Radio MVP on Facebook. It should work. And uh, yeah, give us likes and all that good stuff. And uh, we should. Uh, Got a lot going on. My goodness gracious, it is a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. A couple days later than we've been doing in the past, but my schedule's been absolutely insane. And Anthony has been gracious enough to be able to be available to here tonight. So let's get to it, Anthony. There's first and foremost, let me do as I always say, how are you, my friend? Good. It's uh it was a slower weekend with no football to watch. Uh, I felt kind of weird. But uh, a needed break, I guess. I heard why she won the break. God, I hope so. Well, I, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll talk we'll about it. We'll find out uh, about 4.30, <laughs> 5 o'clock. Well, I heard they didn't lose the bye week. How's that sound? Uh, well, I wouldn't even say that yet. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I'm all for bye weeks. I like bye weeks. You know, every team gets them. Um, but I like how this one falls instead of being where they used to be mm-hmm. right in the middle of September, which is, I never understood that. But I'm very, very nervous, I guess I should say, because the last two times we come off a of bye week, it's been ugly. And it's not been good. It's, yeah. it's been uh, double-digit leads for us, and we found a way to choke those away. But hopefully this is a sign of something changing. Maybe the Missouri State game is the game we look back on. That's you know we all remember the uh, 1986 game against Akron for YSU when they were what two and nine, two and eight, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Akron was they were about 500 in the match. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And YSU went up to Akron and beat them up pretty good. So maybe this is that game that we look back on three or four years from now and say that Missouri State game turned the tide and. Uh, we can get something rolling. But, yeah, it was nice to have a bye week, nice to just relax and uh, not have a nail-biter. Because I know, I know Sarah's probably going to be a nail-biter again. It should be. It, yeah, well, the, most games are. Yeah, that's what we're going to win this I year. Mean, well, yeah, and most games are. Mm-hmm. I think it's not technically designed yeah. that way. But when you're playing good quality opponents, the goal is to be in the game in the fourth quarter and have opportunities, no matter who you are. Uh, whatever level you're at. I mean, obviously, if you could control the game from the onset, that is the best-case scenario for a team that you're following. However, most seasons don't go to that script. It does once in a great while, but not often. You know, when you're playing in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, you're playing quality opponents each and every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had two really good, Quality non-conference games. Yes, yeah. I mean you had one superpower from the in a sense from the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and you had a, a team you've never faced before come into YSU, and it was a close game. Yeah, so I think it's not by design when I use that. I'm saying with quotes. I think it's it's just the way football is today that. If you're playing high caliber teams, mm-hmm. two things are usually going to happen. If both teams are playing to, to their capability, and this goes across the board yeah. at every level, 
you're going to see a really good, entertaining football game. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a close game. And basically, the team that can win the fourth quarter will yep. probably win yep. the game. And then, or you're going to see just the opposite, which we've seen with YSU mm-hmm. this year, where they get blown out. Yeah. And, you know, and just look really, really bad. And that's, I think, where they're at. I think at home, obviously, we could say they play much better football at Stambaugh Stadium than they do on the road. I think offensively, they are they are markedly better at home and uh if I told you coming into this year, let me phrase that. If you told me YSU is going to win their games in the fashion they have in shootout fashion, in 44-41 and 41-33, I would have called you absolutely stupid. Because nothing that we saw in the spring or fall led us to be like, why is you can win shootout games? I remember saying here when we did uh, the Incarnate Word podcast, I said if Why is you gets in a shootout, they're going to lose this game, and that's I think pretty much how we felt going in. Is we can't win shootouts. We have to win, you know, Jim Chessel type games, 20-17. We're going to have to win the defensive slugfest. I think we're so conditioned here in Northeast mm-hmm. Ohio. By the legacy of Jim Trussell. I think we are, too. And I mean that not just here at Youngstown State, but at In Ohio general, State. yes. You know, his 10 years mm-hmm. at Ohio State, his 10, 10 years, years mm-hmm. here. I mean, you yes. add, yeah. subtract whatever numbers it, it actually is. But let's just say 10 and 10. Um, you look at his style. That's what I'm talking about was his way. When he had opponents that he could blow out, he did. And they there were big scores in those mm-hmm. games. But for the most part, their games were close, mm-hmm. where one or two plays could determine the football game, and definitely in the fourth quarter, a turnover, a a big run, a punt a, return, a, a pump right, block, a special yeah. teams play, exactly, a, a field goal or a or a, a, a touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen it all yeah. gamuts, but I do believe, and it has hung over Northeast Ohio. Yes. And even Columbus to a certain degree. But Columbus has moved past it because of Myers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now Myers mm-hmm. kind of, that cloud is still there. But Day has, yep. has opened mm-hmm. up some sunlight in that in yeah. and bringing his own style. But Youngstown, throughout the years since Trestle went down to Columbus, and now that he's back as president, mm-hmm. but we have this. Partly cloudy situation. Not a partly sunny, but partly cloudy. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is the success and the tradition mm-hmm. and the style has hung over Youngstown State tremendously over these years. The few times that where this program has succeeded is actually where the personalities who are running the program were so t- vicely different. Yes. And were also using great coaching talent around them to get the most out of their players. Mm-hmm. And they succeeded. I mean, the Bo Pelini years, yeah, the last three years, six wins. I mean, let's be honest, that was kind of a max. Yeah. But the first two years, we've seen. Yeah, the first first two, the first three years, we've first seen. First three years, yeah. yeah. Your, fir- your first year, 2015, you were. 
transition. And but remember though that you were in the playoff hunt until that right that game against North Dakota State where you had the pass interference call, then mm-hmm. things went sideways and you got blown out the next week. And then sixteen also we know what happened in sixteen. And seventeen the same thing. We played pit to the wire, lost an overtime, a close one. And then again we talked about and I'll I was saying to somebody at work today is in this conference in general, and it's going to, we'll talk on this more in depth next week or in two weeks, but 17 YSU lost a close one, their conference opener, South Dakota, and things snowballed downhill from there. And it seems like in this conference, if you lose a close conference game, things tend to go downhill from there. They don't, you, it's it's very hard to um yeah well let me gain traction I'm North not, Dakota yeah North Dakota Northern Iowa seeing the same thing as we have this year you lose a close conference game and it's like tough sledding from there let me take it another step I'm not disagreeing mm-hmm. with what you say I, I I'm mm-hmm. agreeing with what a lot of you say but I'm gonna take it to another step mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go back to the the Saint Trussell era yeah. When I say this, what was Jim Trussell's number one thing that he achieved during his whole era, his 15 years at Youngstown State? When you think of Youngstown State, that t- take the championship games away. I'm talking about the football team. What's the one ingredient that he had throughout his career at Youngstown State? I mean... I think you're going to have different answers from everybody, but the one thing from 86 to 2000 where he was at YSU, I would say toughness. That's a character. I agree okay. with you. That's a character, but that, that's not what I was thinking. Winning close games? No. No? The key of his success was he always found a quarterback. From Trenton Likes yep. all the way and I'll say to, this too. to Ryan. He found a way. We all know the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And it's hurt teams recently. We saw with Ohio State in 2015 where they had Cardell Jones and JT Barrett. It kind of just, each week you had no idea who was going to be in there. And I think that kind of ultimately hurt them in the Michigan State loss and let them not to make the playoffs. Trestle did a good job of managing two quarterbacks when he had them on his roster. When he had the Colby Street or he had the um, Jared's Wicks, and you know, mm-hmm. um, me, he found a. But but you're right. He always found a quarterback, and he may not have been the best it, passer, but he he was the best leader. Brungard and Ryan and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're. I, I'm totally agreeing. Zwick, all yes. thing. You go down through the the history of of the quarterbacks that he brought in. Uh, you know, his Zwick's brother, who played for YSU, yes, was a good quarterback, but yes. he was never really a starter. No, he had he started games in his senior year. He played. You know, but he, he was rem- also a wide receiver. When yes, he, okay, yes. So let me finish here. Um, my point is. Well, you're talking about two quarterbacks. He did. But in the end, he always landed on one quarterback yes. with a mm-hmm. quality backup. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And that's the difference. Exactly, Tim. And when you think about the year the Buckeyes won the national title where they went through three quarterbacks, 
That was the same scenario. You always had one quarterback. Yes. He just had great quality yes, backups. Yes, you're right. You're right. And each time they stepped up. It was and, plug and play. Yeah. Right. And that's what, and that was a phenomenal team mm-hmm. that, you know, Meyer assembled. And they won. And they should get the accolades that yes. they, they achieved then. And I'm not taking that in any way. But the one ingredient that's been missing throughout the years from 2001 to 2021 is the lack of quarterback play. When we've had quarterback play, we've had entertaining and opportunity yeah. to win ball games. Toby Hess, for four years, was was a quarterback. You mean Kurt Hess? Kurt Hess, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, excuse me. Kurt Hess uh, was the quarterback for YSU, and he had a phenomenal career. He had a phenomenal career, career yeah. Now, you could say he never won a playoff game, never had a chance and all that. He had never appeared in a playoff game, right. yeah. But that four years that he was a quarterback. He set records. Right. And then you think about the the first three years of quarterback play that Pelini had. Hunter was, Wells and Nathan Mays and Ricky. Maritime on 16 season, you know, especially in the Northern Iowa game where – Ricky Davis started and got hurt. The next play, Trent Hosick came in and got hurt. Hunter Wells at this time was not dressing. He was going to transfer. He had made up his mind. He had talked to the coaching staff. He was going to transfer out. So now you're stuck with a freshman quarterback in Nathan Mays, who who I thought became a pretty darn good quarterback with the skills with the talent he had around him, you know, he didn't have a lot of talent, but he came in in that game and led YSU back to a win, um, and ultimately, YSU landed on Hunter Wells. They convinced Hunter Wells to not transfer, come back and play, and played four quarterbacks a year, um, but each quarterback did a good thing that season. Exactly. Now, but my point is you had quarterback play. Yes. You had high-quality yes. quarterback play. And then the last three years of Pelini's era, the not quarterback play got war- degre- yeah. degrees. Yes. It just was not as the same Montgomery level. Montgomery Van Gorder. And it just wasn't the yeah. same level. Even, you know, as much as you wanted it to be, it was a next step down. I'll say this. And that brought you down to a 500-level team. Now, let me finish before you get on. Mm-hmm. We go to where we're at now. Now we're seeing quarterback play on the rise, mm-hmm. and we're yes. seeing more competition yes. from this YSU football program. Uh, the spring, I don't blame the quarterbacks. I mean, I'm, we lacked... Uh, we lacked a lot. We lacked skill set yes, as a quarterback. Yes, yes. But a lot of that in my in, in the spring was, was yeah, it was the lack of coaching, yeah, lack was. of vision, yeah. of what your offense, lack of creativity, yeah, lack and of identity, and, the entire yeah. scope of the offense. I mean, that was atrocious. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm being kind by calling it atrocious. That was just, I mean, if that was in the fall, what we would let's just assume, yeah. what we seen in the spring would have been what we would have saw oh, that God. fall. I don't think he survives as a head coach, but because it was kind of hidden in the spring, and yeah, he has the long contract and all that, but uh, I honestly think the pressure would have been huge coming into this season. Not that it wasn't already a set mm-hmm. high bar set for Phillips, 
But, again, I'll go back to what I was talking about. Every successful football team at every level needs the right quarterback to run your team, to get yourself competitive. Now, you can talk about a team that runs the ball and they don't throw at the high school level. Okay, that's a that's a manager, yes. a quarterback, but it works. Yeah, you can do that if you have a heavy run oriented team like Hubbard. I'm yes. just going to bring that yes. up real quick if someone's talking about that with us. But my point is, you look at the quarterback level. One thing Trestle did, and Trestle was a quarterback, and he came through. You know, mm-hmm. his father's you know mm-hmm. coaching tree and all yeah. that. So he identified quarterbacks pretty well. Yes. But, I mean, from Trenton Likes, from the first quarterback to Ryan, his last quarterback, mm-hmm. he always had a quarterback. Yeah. Now, there, you could talk about the level of skill sets, you know, up and down throughout that that time period. But he had a quarterback of that level. And when YSU has had competitive teams, look who's been the quarterback and how competitive have they been. Uh, and that, to me, is what I'm talking about. This year, we're seeing a level of quarterback play that we have not seen for four years. Mm-mm. So now we have a chance to win some ball games for the first time. That's the key to every football team across this nation is you, and I say this at the high school level, and I simplify it to the you find your best athlete yes. and you see if you can f- play a quarterback. Sometimes you find a quarterback and your best athlete yes. is a wide receiver or a yeah. defensive back mm-hmm. or something like that, which is fine. You can use that's that great, player yeah. in different ways. But for the most part, you find your best athlete, you put him at quarterback because that's the most important position on the football field. And it doesn't change at the FCS level, neither. No, it doesn't change at any level of football. Now, and two points, to get him back to your most recent point on Trestle and his quarterbacks, is you're right, each year, or each quarterback that he had, from Likes to Ray Isaac to Mark Brungard, you know, um, they each had different skill sets, some were better than others, um, but the thing that made Jim Trestle so good was he identified strengths in each one of those quarterbacks and maximized and maximized and won. Well, yeah, and that's what um, that's good coaching, Anthony. Yeah, that's the. I mean, that's but, phenomenal. But coaching. what is the one ingredient that you see? I mean, Coach Oregon just got fired from uh, from LSU. Mm-hmm. Some say that the national title team in 19 might be one of the best teams I've ever assembled. There's a ton of talent on that team. But what made that team great? Joe Burrow. Yep. Yeah. Him transferring to, or, to LSU, LSU yeah. put them in that position to be the championship team that they were. And I just found out today he was this close to going to Tennessee. It wouldn't surprise me. And until they had a coaching change, he decided right. on LSU. and. Right. You know, the rest is history, but... Um, but, th- again, this is what I'm talking about. One thing Myers was very good at, and why he had success at everywhere yeah. he was, is identifying his quarterback for his system. Yes. And making that work. Yes. And he did that at Ohio State. He did that at Florida. He did that at Utah. He basically is in the opportunity, if he yeah. stays at the NFL level, to do it in Jacksonville mm-hmm. with Lawrence. And it's a different level of football, yes. different type of thing. But, again, the key ingredient here is the quarterback. And when YSU's been down over the last 20 years, the lack of quarterback play has been obvious. Yeah. And, and, and that, uh, to me, is where, right now, Phillips has the opportunity 
to take it to the next level because he's actually identified a young, starting, redshirt freshman quarterback, Mm -hmm. and you have some others that you've now recruited mm-hmm. that you can two yes. years maybe another red yeah. freshman mm-hmm. in that type of scenario what but my point is that is the number one thing you got to do that is why urban meyer and jim trussell's programs never had a now trussell had it in 96 or 96 and 98 where they had a down year after a really good year but but the quarterback play wasn't but, high. Exactly. And, you know, when you look at Myers programs at Bowling Green and Utah and Florida and Ohio State and Trestle at YSU and Ohio State, it didn't matter who was at quarterback because when he had one guy leave, that backup, like you touched on, was ready to go from the start. And it, Myers, same thing. When, when the quarterback at Utah left, I forget who it was, I... Yeah, it was, Alex Smith, and it, yes. I believe it was Brian Johnson took over, and then he went to Florida, Chris Leak, and then Tebow. And remember, he had Cam Newton waiting to win when Tebow left, but that you know, yeah. and Ohio State, Braxton Miller and JT Barrett and Cardell Jones, and you know, obviously, oh, yeah. um, uh, so it's all there the, are the most important thing doesn't doesn't change, and that's what I'm I'm interested to see if the YSU football program, now that they have identified a quarterback, mm-hmm. can build around his skill sets and find other athletes to add yeah. to this team. And you, Like, for example, McLaughlin's a great... He's a superstar. He, well, yeah, and he's done a fantastic job. And I'll say this, and we'll touch on it a little bit. As good as he is on the field, because he's incredible. And it's like the old saying goes... The reason why you go to the games, the reason why you watch the games, is you're going to see something you didn't see in the past. Number eight can do that with the football. Um, and it's pretty special when you when you know no matter where you are in the field, you can take it to the house. We haven't had that player in a couple years. Um, but he's an even better person off the field. Um, Which is and, encouraging. And YSU will go as far this season and after Indiana State, a team that you should beat, Indiana State's not a good football team. Let's call it like it is. They're not good. They've not been good for, for a long time. For a long time. Stands a couple years, and they had Shakira Bell and a nice passing game. But they're a team wise who should beat year in and year out, mainly. Some games will be closer, but they should beat this team by 14 points on Saturday. Um, and then the schedule gets a meat grinder. South Dakota State, North Dakota. North Dakota State... Southern Illinois. I think we know what YSU's defense is. It's going to give up a lot of big plays because, let's face it, they probably don't have the athletes they want there yet. Um, and maybe they do, and they're just trying to get their footing and get, you know, um, I think, but they're going to give you some turnovers. They're going to get you some sacks because that's the way our scheme is. We are a boomer bust defense for the Schaefer. Um, but why is you will go as far this season as Demetric Crenshaw will take him? And that exactly. goes right along with your point. If Demetric Crenshaw plays well and plays very well, why is she's going to have a chance to win the game? Uh, 
if you think back to last year against South Dakota State, which was our best performance in a loss, lost 19-17, a game that you should have won by two or three scores, mainly, because you dominated. Mark Wade played really well. I mean, Mark Wade played really well. Was he given a chance to throw the ball? No. That's not Mark Wade's fault. You know, he wasn't, you know... Um, Crenshaw against Missouri State was 10-19 for 99 yards. Um, and if he has receivers catch a couple deep balls, he's 12 or 13 of 19 for 200 yards, and you're thinking, like, wow. You know, so 10 and 19 for 99 and two touchdowns is not going to blow you away, but he, he didn't turn the ball over. Um, look, you can't throw for 99 yards against the final 14 in your schedule and expect to win the game. We know that. But, like you said and I said, why is she going to go as far as their quarterback play takes him? Yeah. And if he struggled like he did against Northern Iowa, now there's the offensive line and this and that and the play calling. But if he makes good decisions and he delivers the ball on time, why is she going to be? They're going to have a chance to be in games that you didn't think they can. Exactly, and. We'll see exactly what transpires going forward. But are there some pauses to this YSU program? Yes. Yes. Is there some negatives? Yes. yes. Is this where anybody hoped they would be right now? I think everyone had higher expectations. But I figured we'd be three chance, and two right now. Yeah, yeah. They have a chance to do, to be better. They let's just take it one step at a time. It's going to be difficult. I know you spent this past weekend with an event, so I know you wanted to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, let too. me touch on uh, the season real quick. When we broke down the schedule and looked at it, we both agreed Northern Iowa was your midterm exam. You know, We're just finishing up midterm for a lot of the colleges. Where are you at? Well, we got our butt kicked early and often. We didn't compete that game. We were, you know, that was, that was embarrassing. Um, you're a you're the worst half of football in program history away from being where we thought we would be. I think when we looked at the schedule, we figured three and two after five games. We're two and three. Two and three is not good. I, I don't want to sit here. You're right. It could be worse. I don't want to sit here and say, you know, oh, it's great because it's not. But as a coach and as fans, you have to find things to look forward to because if you're a Western Illinois, and no offense to them, if you're an Indiana State, if you're an Illinois State, there's really not much to play for besides playing out to string. You know, there's no rivalry games you have, really. You're just playing out to string to get it over with, maybe find some young pieces you can play with. A lot of people can say that about YSU, and I will uh, accept that point of view. My point of view, and people can call me delusional and say I have the red and white goggles on, but you're two and three. You win this week, like you should, you're three and three. Your final four games, three of them are against top seven teams. The outlier is North Dakota, who's, like I talked about, has fallen on really tough luck and has three really tough conference losses. Um... They're still a good football team that was a playoff team last year. 
So, if you can go two and two in the final four games, that's going to get you at least one win over a top seven team. Maybe two. So, say you got one. You're going to have three. Three or five wins are going to be over top 19 teams when you play them. You know, we don't know where we're going to end up, but five and five is not great. That's not where you want to be. That's not where we want this program to be. But you made a, a point coming into the fall. You can't really judge this season on as a whole all by wins and losses because. Like you touched on, the difference between a 7-9 and nine team in the NFL and an 8-8 eight eight team in the NFL, nothing. It's like the difference between an 80-82 and 82 team in baseball and an 81-81 team is n- nothing, really. Natural. So, exactly. the difference between a 5-5 five and five team or a 6-4 and four team, look, YSU could be 6-4 and four and wins over Indiana State and... Western Illinois, and you know you're beating the teams you should beat. But if you have a five and five record, and you got four wins over top nineteen teams, top fifteen teams, that's pretty damn impressive. Yes, let me build on what you're talking about there. Are we going to get there? I don't know. Well, before we even worry yeah. about that, what you're saying is. Realistic goal for this program. Yes, exactly. And that is to be able to win this week on the road at Indiana State. Yep. Most important thing I said there is win on the road. Yes, on the road. You have four games left. If you split those two games, those four games, Mm -hmm. with two and two, no matter who the wins and losses come to, you're five and five on the season. Then you're going to have a chance to evaluate where you're at. Now, the question is, two weeks ago, I sat here and said I thought this team was going to fold. Yeah. I, I did. I, I, was, I, says, I did not expect them to show up like they did mm-hmm. against Missouri State. I just didn't. I, it purely blew my mind away that this coaching staff had this team ready to play and play as well as they did, and to come out with the victory against a team that was ranked in the top 15. Ne- and your defense played pretty well, too. Well, just the overall, yeah. overall performance, mm-hmm. Anthony. I mean, don't yeah. break it down. Yeah. Let's just overall performance. They won the game yeah. after a humiliating loss. Yeah. And where that loss normally dictates where the mm-hmm. cards go in the middle of the muck. Yep. And you recognize that you're just you're not competing against no. the good teams. Now, we still have that coming. Yeah, no, we we'll, do. we'll find out. We'll find out exactly what this program chooses. You know where it lies. If they finish five and five this year with this schedule, with what they did, no matter where the wins come from. Yeah, meaning on the road or yep. at home or what opponents. Yeah. Five and five is still five and five. Okay, yeah. and that is something to build on from what you did this past exactly. Week. And I will accept that a hundred percent as a building block. And this coaching staff continues. However, there's the other side of the coin. Yeah, man, and hey, maybe they shock us and win all four, win three out of four. I'm not expecting no. that. But right now, 
that is still a potential possibility because the games haven't been played. Mm-hmm. It might not be a high probability, but that potential's there. Now, if this team goes 0 and 4 or 1 and 3, how they play in those yes. four games yes. will determine yes, you're what exactly your right. thought processes are going it, forward yes. with this coaching staff and this program and your thoughts going for 22. Yes. So there's a lot of variables in the air right now. Yes. And we'll see where they all land and how they handle uh, the scenario. If they lose four games, the last four games of the season, but by a total of... 28 points? Yeah, I was going to say less than that. I was going to say like 12, 14, 15 yeah. points. Well, that means you're in every game. That means that you you must be doing something probably yeah. good mm-hmm. and right. But if they lose those games by 34, 50 points, yeah. then you have a problem. Okay? I mean, there's a lot of variables yeah. that haven't been answered. However, will I be satisfied with a 5-5 five and five record? And the answer is... I think I can accept that as a building block going forward if that does happen. Now, we'll have to watch how the games are played I'll, and everything else cuz that could be a it could be a false indicator. It could be mm-hmm. a high indicator. Yeah. We don't know yet. But the key here for that to even happen is something they have not done. You got to win on the road. road and win. You have to win on the road. And most teams, if you're a 500 team, probably won at least one game on the road. Yep. And why she had more home games this year than they had road games, correct? Uh, no, it'd be 5-5 five and five even. The five, yeah. they, total 5-5. Yeah. Five and five. All mm-hmm. right. So, chances are for you to go 5-5 five and five because of the games you mm-hmm. lost at home, you're going to have to win two road games. Yeah. That's just the way the math works. And we'll talk about math later, yeah. about wins yeah. and losses. But it does, it, we'll just right now beat Indiana State on the road. I w- and, and go from there. And long term is the four games and how they, they mm-hmm. achieve a minimum of two and two. Hopefully better. Yeah. Hopefully astonishing better. But... Realistically, one and three could happen, and me might. Oh, be, and four could happen, yeah. And oh, and four could happen, and one and three may actually look good mm-hmm. compared to how you played. Yeah. Then again, it may look horrible. We'll just again; those are unanswered questions, and we won't know that until each game is played, and that opportunity is uh, either at Stanbaugh Stadium or yeah. on the road. So, I agree. It all starts this week with Indiana State. And to be able to go on the road on a bus, you know, yeah. six hours away, yeah. and go play a football game and play your best to an environment game. that it's not it's stale. Very, yeah, you're going to have to bring your own juices. Or Meyer always used to say, you're going to have to create your own energy. You know, you're going to have to on your sidelines. You're not going to have many fans. But it's a long trip, like you said. You're going to have to bring your own energy from the start. Look, I'll take any kind of win we can get Saturday if it's. 54-53, or if it's 5-4, to four, I don't care. I want to win. So, I'll take a less than a touchdown win. But, on the flip side, this is a team 
we should beat by double digits. Let's be honest. We're not great, but we're better than Indiana State. We should beat Indiana State by 10 to 14 points. We'll see what happens. Yes. You had a, a chance to go to a special event with uh, YSU yeah. this past week. Yeah, with the bye week and um, with the bye week where it fell and the new Boscovs opening in the Eastwood Mall. By the way, that thing is massive. <laughs> that thing is huge. Uh, they didn't shop. Had really no desire to shop. But, uh, yeah, I, there was a uh, special panel discussion with... YSU President Jim Tressel, um, players Jaleel McLaughlin, James Jackson, and Andrew Ogletree, plus plus Coach Phillips, along with Paul McFadden, who kicked for us and kicked the NFL, and also Ron Jaworski. Um, and that was really cool. It was an hour, hour-long hour question and answer, and then you know, about a 30-35 minute meet and greet and uh, all that afterwards. And uh, it was really interesting to me, first of all, because it's, you know I just find that's really interesting when a NFL player who's played in the Super Bowl, who, who, who has played an important role in leading his team to the Super Bowl, um, we all know what uh, President Trussell means to this region. Um, and Paul McFadden had, his, had himself a hell of a career. Uh, Remember, until Justin Tucker came and until uh, Tom Dempsey came, McFadden had some records in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was a hell of a kicker in the NFL. Um, you know, he was a lesser known of those three, but still, he had himself a hell of a career. Um, so, but the thing that I found interesting was it wasn't just football-based. Yeah, there was some football talk. There was some... Um, but... The thing that impressed me, and it was basically focused on how football has changed and football has evolved, um, but it all tied back to football's changed, the people in charge have changed, the people who have played changed, but the one common theme is if you're winning national championships or if you're where we're at now in a transitional state, I would say, the pride and the passion for this football program, it's still there. You know, I've had a lot of people this year tell me, it's dead, it's dormant, it's never coming back. And that might be true to the naked eye, but when you dive into it, and you're listening to a Andrew Ogletree speak, who's been here for 12 games... James Jackson's been here since 2017 with Coach Pelini. Uh, Julio McLaughlin's been here for 12 games also. And you listen to them speak. And then you listen to Ron Jaworski talk about, on Saturdays, he stopped what he's doing YSU's on, and he watches the games. He says him and his old YSU teammates, they have discussions on the games. And he and I found it very poignant at one point in the uh, discussion. He turned to Coach Phillips and he said, you may be the best coach in the world, but you're nothing if you can't get good players here. You have to get good players here. And he said, I'm going to tell you this too. We may be a small school. I'm going to paraphrase it. We may be a small school. We may be a small community, smaller than what it was based, you know, 
But the one thing is still true 40 years ago to now. When people turn on TV on Saturday, they want the Penguins to win. Yeah, football is about building relationships and being a better person, growing this and growing that. But at the end of the day, people want that red Y to win. And when they don't win, they take it seriously. It's serious here. They want the Penguins to win. They want them to do well. And it was just really interesting to hear, you know, two NFL players who's had success at the highest level, who's played in Super Bowls. Um, You know what Jim Trussell means to the state. He's, um, you know, um, but it's just really interesting. Like, Drew McLaughlin and... Andrew Ogletree and James Jackson. I mean, they're good football players. You know them because we watch them. I know if I go to the games. But to the general public, like, who? Who? They are, I mean, really good people. And Woody Hayes used to say, I mean, that was on the court in the facility. You win with people. Trestle carried that on. Meyer carried it on. You know, you win with good people, and they're—I uh, mean, there are three really good football players, but they are—I mean, just three good young men that we have as the face of this program, and that—and that's, that's a good, yeah, and that's, that's exciting, exciting. It's it's, encouraging. It's, it is, yes. is what you would hope you to see yes. in a public event. Yes. Real quickly on yes. Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, not surprising. Jaws has always been about winning. Yeah, uh, and I'm not surprised that. A tight knit football club from the seventies, yeah. early seventies, yeah. uh, that he was a part of, mm-hmm. are still in contact. That's yeah. not unusual to me. I, no. I'm not surprised. And him being an alumni, of course, he cares. Yeah. And yeah, he's he's unique. He's one of the few division. He's two, authentic to me. He's one of the few Division Two quarterbacks ever to make it to the mm-hmm. NFL at the highest level and become an mm-hmm. All Pro and play in a yeah. Super Bowl. That's what makes him unique. Mm-hmm. Okay, he had high skill sets. Yes, and you know you can talk about that. One thing YSU was, and this is way before you're born. Mm-hmm. This is when your grandfather yeah. was going to the games and stuff mm-hmm. like that. When I was yeah. young. They produce great football players. Yep. The competition at the highest level was so high that many of them never got that chance. Mm-hmm. However, a few of them did, mm-hmm. and they succeeded. And Jaws was one of the mm-hmm. most successful yes. ever to come through Youngstown State. I'm not surprised at his stage in his life and what he has achieved as a broadcaster, as a football mm-hmm. player, as you know, a spokesman. As a person, yeah. Everything. That he has a core belief. And said it. And then he's 100% true. No matter who you are, you need players. Yep. Now, you may have players and you put them in the correct system mm-hmm. and you have success because yes. of the level of football you're playing at. Yes. If you're at Division 7 yep. and you're running the wing team, there's a reason you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And it may work. Mm-hmm. And you could be very successful doing it. Or if you're like Cardinal Mooney running the power eye, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stacked eye, you can do it back in the day. And you can do it today. Look yeah. at Kurtwood, for goodness yep. sakes. Um, 
there's you can do it. Systems do work, and you can build players, and you can find players yep. to fill certain roles and be that great mm-hmm. player. There's no question about that. But he is correct. It all begins. A coaching staff has at the collegiate level has to do two things. Not only do they have to coach, but they have to recruit yep. and they have to motivate. Yep. Those are the three most important things they can do. And that means motivation beyond just the football field and mm-hmm. the weight yep. room and the off season and the yep. season. And it means the classroom and everything else. I mean, it's an undaunting task. Yeah. But you do have to be a CEO to a certain level like yep. Russell was. And you have the Myers and many others mm-hmm. that we talk about. Uh, even at the NFL level, your head coach is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have to do everything, but he does He'd do a lot yeah. more than you never mm-hmm. thought he would have to do. Um, that versus what a coordinator does, and it is a challenge to many uh, coaches when they get to that level. That's the hardest part for someone, in my opinion. Even though I would say Doug Phillips has been around some. Amazing people, yes, like Jim Tressel and uh, Luke, Fickle Luke Fickle and many Matt others. Campbell, yeah. yeah, many mm-hmm. others, many others. Mm-hmm. Until you sit in that chair and have that job and know that everything that's involved in it and be able to be successful, it shows you there's different level of people that yeah. can handle that success and that need at that level. It is an und- it's a daunting position to have no matter what game you're playing in american football at the collegiate level Mm -hmm. at any level that's what it is no difference is the purple raiders yep uh from mount union they have to have players yep and they get their they recruit their players their players come in it's not that they don't recruit players they recruit players they find the players that fit them and through three coaches they're still a yep. successful program. Yep. Why? Because they do things the proper way, and they have the right leadership yes. in, in the right positions. YSU, over the last 20 years, has had ups and downs with leadership. Yes. And at times, they've been successful. At times, they've been mediocre. And at times, they've been pe- really bad. Mm-hmm. We'll see where this coaching staff lies. And the grade does happen each week. Yeah. And the final grade happens at the end of the season. That's just the way it works, no matter who you are. We'll see exactly what this YSU team takes us. Right now, as you graded them, uh, through five games, they're two and three. At the halfway mark, they're two and three. We'll find out if they can get better going forward. And that's all we as fans can ask, they got five games left. We'll see what they can do. And we'll grade them each step of the way. What we hope is we don't see a repeat of what we've seen three weeks ago. No. And uh, we hope that days going forward, kind of what we've seen against Missouri, Missouri State. State. Yeah. And, and that's all we can hope for. The high school football season, blink your eyes, it's week 10. We are here. Mark Means and myself and uh, all the gang at Western Reserve Digital Radio will have the Hubbard and South Range undefeated game uh, for the NEA championship. Mm -hmm. And for all those computer points and probably a number one seed for either of these two teams in their respective regions into the playoffs. Um, Huge game at South Range uh, Friday night. Mark will be on lead. I will do uh, the analyst Mm -hmm. job. 
this week, and uh, as a, a tip to Mark, because he went to Hubbard. Yep. As we mentioned, we became the Hubbard Bourbon. Um, yeah. Worked unintentionally the last five weeks of the season. Um, because Hubbard's going to be going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and we were going to follow Hubbard, I'm going to let Mark take lead mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And and I have no problem with that. I'm actually, yeah. you know, that, he, he he teased me. He, uh, he, he texted me earlier this week, and he asked us, would you mind if I do lead for the playoff games for Hubbard? And I, t- I says, yeah, as long as I get the championship game. <laughs> well, <laughs> and then, I'm and gonna... there was a pause, and I, well, I, and I laughed. I, I went, la- I gave a little, little, little laugh single, and I said, I don't mind. At I'm going to say this: uh, Hubbard's not making the Division Three Championship game. Well, we'll see what happens. Every game matters, but yeah, we'll see. I know and what you're saying. I know and, what you're saying, and that's selfishly because I think there's a team down the road here in uh, 224 that. It, well, if they match up, which I hope they've they do. been my they've been my surprise team. I called it back in week one or two of the season. I said, "Watch for Canfield," and we'll see. It'll be, That'll be a hell of a matchup. It will be fun. That'll It'll be. be, it's a, gonna uh, be it will, well, I don't know how we don't know how the brackets will fall. Yeah, that'd be like a four and five seed. Well, we so. don't know yet. We don't know yet. We don't know where we won't know until this week is over what the final sixteen in the region looks like. Which is way too much, by the and, way. And, well, it is what it is. Six weeks of playoffs are coming our way, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it works. If you win, get to Canton, it's going to be take you six weeks to yep. get there. I may, actually, this week I'm with Mark. The first week of the playoffs, I will be actually in Lawrence right? County uh, with LC Sportsnet. And depending on their needs and going forward, mm-hmm. I may do... More games, at least the first two three weeks. Yeah, there. But I will. We'll be working now, with Mark too. So it'll be are a they of putting things up in? The I air. know last year with COVID and all that, they didn't play neutral site games after the first round. Like they, I don't know what do. the score is. I don't know. Are I, we going? We do not know yet. We don't know yet. I don't think they've. I think that will be the first two weeks. I believe are home games. Okay. Uh, first two weeks are. The That's a higher seed team. Gets yeah, the, gets the home game, and then we'll and then from then there we'll, we'll find out. Yeah. I don't think they've. I think the idea is to use neutral field like, yeah. again, but I think also determining what may mm-hmm. happen, not knowing what the road we may travel here in the next month uh, will happen. But I believe right now the thought process is week three on in the playoffs will be neutral sites. Neutral yeah. sites. However, I won't be surprised if that gets abandoned uh, as we go forward. I would not mind seeing the home. Well, you know. there's good and bad to that. I mean, it's, for example, if a team has to cover mm-hmm. come three, four, yeah. five hours away, that's a lot to ask. Yeah. And to try to find something that's mutually acceptable halfway through makes more sense. But we'll see. Yeah, I... I'm, I... I personally like the format they used last year of playing at the higher city team, but I understand that you know you don't want to in week three or four of the playoffs. You don't really want to be traveling on the road three to four hours, but it happens. Uh, it, it, still, it does. It still happens. But we'll just wait. Let's. Like I said, how many? I think you. The state would be smart going forward 
to take it one week at a time yes. and make determinations as Based on, necessary. Yes. And there may be games where there are neutral simply because of the crowd attendance. Well, maybe no. I, well, they care about that. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, uh, they care about that because that's how they make their money. That's why there's an yeah. extra week. It, again. If you have a team traveling five or six hours, yeah, you, you can yeah, cut you that don't. down to three hours, yeah, then, yeah. then I think it is best for both teams to be at a neutral site. You may get a mixture. I don't know, Anthony, to be quite honest with you. But the first two rounds are home games. And if a team has to travel, they have to travel. How many yards away is T.C. Caffey from Scott's record? 600. Uh, but that includes the playoff games. So, I yeah. mean... For Siwi, three playoff games, he's got it. Well, yeah. He could rush for 200 yards this week. I'm yep. not saying he will. Let's just say 200. He's averaged basically 200 yards per game. So if he gets – and he hasn't played every game, full games, okay. And that's scary. If he does what his average is, is around 200, maybe a little bit more, three games he'll be there. Yep. And that's, that's round two of the playoffs. Yep. So we'll wait again. It's so you just don't know. Yeah. It may take six weeks of the playoffs. It may take one week. Yeah. He may rush for five hundred yards again this week. Yeah. We again, it's tough to say on a Wednesday what will yeah. happen. I don't expect that. But I think Friday night's gonna be a hell of a game. It's, it's, it's gonna be a great game. I, I think Friday wait. night's gonna be a hell of a game. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Well, so. You have Two of the best teams in the area, two of the most consistent programs in the area the last 10 years. What's um, going to be interesting is Hubbard is very much a run team. Mm-hmm. Uh, 95, 98% run. Yeah. They've only thrown the ball about 40 times all season. So if they, if South Range is able to control the running game and put them in third down and long, and dare them, Second, to, yeah. dare them to throw the ball, will they? That's the question. Yeah. And South Range is a more balanced team. They can run the yep. ball. They can throw the ball. They primarily would rather run, run the, the ball, ball and use the pass as a nice setup. But they can However, throw it. However, they can throw it. They yes. have a quarterback who can do it. So it's really an interesting matchup, a matchup where South Range – at home, probably should be a slight advantage in my eyes. I've taken my official pick is Hubbard. So yeah, if you uh, you care, always go against me because it's now, a really good l- idea. Let me ask you this: going to a different game that I'll be at. You saw Borman last week. Does Borman have what it takes to beat Canfield? If Bourbon plays their perfect game, they could beat Canfield. I don't perfect game. It. They have to play perfect game. Well, a near perfect yeah. game. You know they're gonna. Yeah. They a they can't turn over the ball. B they need tempo in their in their game. Okay. The two games I've seen more than anything, they need a rhythm to their game. They get out of rhythm very fast, and they have trouble getting plays in and out, and knowing what they want to do yeah. next, or getting the players into the position they yeah. want to be. That's my biggest disappointment in the Borman mm-hmm. Spartans this year, watching them. In my opinion, just, I want to say disorganized, just no rhythm to yeah. their madness. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I've always said it was surprised me so many times they huddled up and yeah. took time off the clock mm-hmm. and that. If they, 
You can do all that, but you need a rhythm. Yes. You need you need a tempo to it. When I mean tempo, I'm not saying go quick, 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 quick. I'm you saying need, uh, you, yeah. need, you need to yeah. get in and out. If it takes you 20 seconds, that's fine. Consistently, right. yeah. Right. That's what you want to do. Yeah. You don't want to be, okay, it takes me 28 seconds this play. It takes me 16 yeah. seconds the next play. It takes me 24 seconds. You want consistency. Well, they're going to have to keep. And I think that's going to be the key. Their defense is good enough to stop most teams. Yes. Um, have they seen an athlete break, like Brock already? Well, they've seen quite a few athletes yeah. this year. So we'll see I don't know how they, they handle it. But I expect Canfield to win the ballgame. Um, I think Canfield's just a more complete team. They have the quarterback play. They have the running yeah. game. They have the defense. I think just happens just to be Canfield's year mm-hmm. on that level. Uh, I know they're playing a, a bigger school in Bourbon, yeah. but not that, that much bigger yeah. Yeah. that they can handle it. Um but yeah, my gut feeling is you know Canfield is the team. Uh, I think Boardman um, lacks the ability to make enough big plays yeah. in the game. They can make them if Boardman pulls off two or three huge plays, meaning big runs, yes, big, big passes, pass, yeah. whatever the case may be. I, they had a, a punt return for a touchdown last week. Yeah, if they could get those big exciting plays. They can stay with anybody. The problem with Borman is, like I said, in my mind, is they lack tempo. They lack the ability to be consistent yeah, I in think- a game. They have highs and lows, mm-hmm. and those highs are high, and those lows are real low. And that's You want more of a plateau where you know where you can be, and you can climb that hill yeah. and, and then maintain it. Uh, but Borman seems to be a team that cl- climb a hill, and go right back down into the yeah, valley. The longer, and that's the hardest part for a football team. That's why I say, if Bourbon has tempo in this game, I think Bourbon could pull the upset. But I expect Canfield to win. Yeah, they got. I think Bourbon's got to, you know, stay in the game to the fourth quarter and then put game pressure on Canfield because Canfield's not had that kind of game pressure in five, six, seven weeks. Um, they're going to have to, like you said, rhythm and tempo. They're going to have to keep. Canfield's offense off the field because the, yeah well the key more than anything is not keeping one team off the field or one team on the field if you're designed to run the ball yeah. and and take time off the clock then you're going to achieve that just because that's how you're built if you're a team that is going to throw the ball 45 times then your the clock's not going to move no. as fast and it may be shorter drives but you may take time it may be a longer can't game. Can't beat. So I think more than anything is knowing Coach Pav, he loves to to dominate yes. the up front and yep. run the game and control the running game of, 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 the, opponent, of, yeah. of, the, of the game. If he's able to, to control that, then they're going to be in good shape. It's going to be up to Borman's front seven yep. to put pressure on yep. Canfield to hold them in long situations and see what they can do. Turnovers will be a big part of the game. Oh, Whoever gets the most turnovers probably will win the game. Whoever basically can have a big special team play mm-hmm. uh, could change the, the the outcome of a game. But, yeah, um, I think Canfield is going to be a great game. And as you alluded to earlier, uh, I, sh- I really do hope that before either team makes an exit in the, in the playoffs – that we do have that matchup of a of a Hubbard and a, and a Canfield, 
That'd be a hell of a Whatever matchup. round it may be, if it's round three, if it's round four, four five, yeah, or six. Whatever it is, yeah. Whatever it may be, I hope it happens. And um, it will be exciting. It will yeah. be great for the Valley's football programs. And, and we'll go from there. Um, congratulations, uh, real quick, to Bill Boren. Won his 300th game uh, not too long ago. Uh, and uh, he six continues and to win. 24. The last three years, Matthews was, yeah. and there was six and two this year. Yeah. It tells you, and about, he's eighty-seven years yeah, old. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. He's been successful everywhere he's been. Let's be honest. Um, he was even successful at Butler, and they ran him out of town. Yeah. Okay. He had one season at Butler, and they, one of them more successful. Season, yeah. yeah, one of them. Well, they had a winning season, which they haven't had many in, in Butler. You know, ever since yeah. he was there and left. So. Look, he does get great performances from his team. He, you know, I honestly think this is the level of football he's best at. Uh, division four, Division five, Division six. You know, now Division seven. I think the smaller schools is absolutely better suited to his style of play than the larger schools, like when he was at Borman and that. But. Needless to say, success is success, and you, you know, got to congratulate uh, what he has achieved, and it's it's phenomenal. And, and the Mustangs are are a legitimate playoff caliber team this year, so congratulations to them. All right, Anthony, we're going to uh, turn the page real quick from high school football. Uh, I had a fun. I, I've been busy. Yes, was well, uh, you know not to mm-hmm. um, not to to. In, in a date with my personal life. But basically, I've been working nonstop for the last four or five weeks mm-hmm. uh, with making a change. I've worked at car parts for the last seven and a half years. And I am leaving car parts and, and going to a mm-hmm. brand new uh, thing for me uh, in uh, iron strings and uh, life enhancement. Yeah. And working with. Uh, people with disabilities and that and it's it's a huge change and i've been doing some of that on the weekends and working at car parts five days mm-hmm. a week plus doing the sports um so that's where i've been the last months and so i've been really busy haven't done a lot of things mm-hmm. yesterday i had my quote half day off i got done at car parts around two o'clock and i was able to head out to Westside Bowl for the Liverpool game. And by the way, the Reds are playing great. I saw they won. Yeah. Yes, yes, they won 3 2 in the Championships League. Mm-hmm. So they're playing the teams from Europe, for those mm-hmm. who understand what I'm talking about, not the Premier League, which yeah. is all about the English teams. This is the Championship League, which is a big tournament in mm-hmm. Europe to define the yeah. champion yes. from Europe. All right. Um, most law is just phenomenal, and and go beyond that. Just had a great time there. Mm-hmm. So I'm at the uh, at the bar, and we're watching the game. And one of my friends, uh, Viking Kev, I'll yeah. call him. Um, Kevin, he uh, he comes in, and you know, it, it is typical, you know, uh, way of making a joke and talking about. I see, I missed all the goals, and, and we we're talking. And a few minutes later, he goes like this to me. He goes, uh, "What are you doing Thursday?" Now, as I mentioned, I've been yeah. working every day for about the last five weeks. And I'm like, Thursday? Um, um, 
I had nothing planned Thursday night. What's going on? You know, myself, I forgot at that moment the Browns were playing. The Broncos on Thursday night. He goes, I have tickets. You want to come with me? I'm like, absolutely. So I am going to the Browns-Broncos game tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. And I... Hard for me to believe this. Because how many years have gone by. And how my life has changed. And I've done a million different things over the years. But I have not been to a Browns game since 1993. Holy crap. Yeah. And I used to have season tickets in the dog pound. Really? Back in the day, yeah. Um, I was full on Browns, of course, during the yeah. Coastal era of living right here in Foreman, the whole story. We won't get into yeah. that. But needless to say, um, my last game was at Old Municipal Stadium. Yes. And we just kind of did the look up. Yeah. It was November 7th. 1993 against the Broncos and the Browns lost that game 23 to 13 23 29 14 29 14 now excuse me this yes website is yeah that's probably true and that was uh the Bill Belichick era and that was Bernie Kosar's last start with the Cleveland Browns and that was when he threw his final pass to Michael Jackson for a touchdown on a play that he drew up in huddle uh, towards the end of the ball game, and is that Mike Jackson the same receiver that played for the Broncos in the eighties? Michael Jackson, I it may have been. I don't know. Oh, I have to go back and look. Yeah, there, there was Mike Jackson. Yes. This was yeah. Michael Jackson. He <laughs> he. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, this was yeah. Michael Jackson. Actually, uh, he was a former quarterback that they converted mm-hmm. to a wideout. He was a college guy. It was one of those. Um, you know, deep finds in a yeah. draft type thing. Anyways, uh, he had a nice career, by the way. I mean, he drops the passes, but that's not the point. Um, he caught that final touchdown pass uh, f- t- from Bernie Kosar in the Cleveland Browns uniform. So, yeah. 1993. The Browns didn't even leave town yet. And they were on that verge of that downhill climb. Yeah. That was really the climax of the Browns. Um it was a really weird dynamic. Um, obviously, that was the year I never forgave Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as great as a coach he is, and I take nothing away from what he's achieved with the Patriots. I mean, phenomenal career. And it deserves to be noted as one of the greatest coaches of all time. But the 1993 season, to me, mars everything he's ever done as a head coach. Because that year, he was determined to throw the season away to make a point. The Browns were four, five and five two. And two. Five yes. and two. And because Vinny Testaveri went down in an injury that brought Kosar back into the starting lineup that week, who had a, a decent game, not a great game, but a good game, a typical Kosar-type game. Yes. Um, but they lost. And from that point on, well, that Monday, Kosar was let go. He mm-hmm. was fired, cut, whatever you want to call it, and ended up at the end of the week with the Dallas Cowboys and then winning the Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys um, and playing a significant role as a backup quarterback to Troy Aikman uh, during that time uh, and re uh, joining with uh, Jimmy Johnson for the second of three times in his career, uh, his, his football career. Of course, 
together at University of Miami with Dallas and at the end of his career with the uh, Miami Dolphins. So, it's uh, a little side note there. But my point is, uh, I'll never forget that. Because that morning, when Kosar was let mm-hmm. go, which we're not that far from that anniversary. you know, being, That was two uh, weeks. Yeah. That was, to me... The point where the beginning of the end of the Cleveland Browns before they moved to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was when Bill Belichick told the whole world that Todd Philcox was a better quarterback than Bernie Kosar. Uh, That he could win more games with Todd Philcox. Nine of 20 for 85 yards and two picks in Cleveland's following 22 to 5 loss against Seattle the, ne- the next week. Yeah, well, needless to say, uh, the season was lost from that point on. You were 5 and 2 yep. that, going into that game, and you lost 29 14. I'm going to say this there is. First of all, you're not going to see a 29 14 score, okay? <laughs> there is a better chance of. Why is you? I'll use North Dakota State because they've been the preeminent program. Yeah. North Dakota State comes here November 13th. Uh, buy your tickets now. We want to pack Stamba. Okay? I'll get off that. There's a better chance why is you beats North Dakota State 77 to nothing than there is the Broncos winning the game tomorrow. Well, that may be true. There's now, no chance. Now, I will say this. I, 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 let, me, let me say this and then you talk. Um, I do believe the Browns are the more talented team. I do believe the Browns are at home, which is a huge advantage on a Thursday night. Uh, anytime. You, you can play at home yes. on a short week. Mm-hmm. It's a huge advantage, especially when a team has to travel you know, from Denver, Colorado to Cleveland, Ohio to play. I think those are all advantages Yes. To the home team. Uh, however, injuries do play a role in football. Simple mm-hmm. as that. And the Browns yeah. are not saying Denver hasn't has its share of injuries because all teams do. But right now, and I give the coaching staff and organization total credit here, by the way, making the moves that they've yes. made going into this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lost both your running backs are out. Mm-hmm. Chubb's out, Hunt's out. Landry may be out. We have not. That has not been determined yet. Um, you have both Conklin and um, Wills. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, game day decisions is your tackles. Your quarterback in Baker Mayfield has been up and down yeah. all year and fighting injuries yeah. with a bad shoulder on his left side. So, with all that set, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns for doing the correct thing. Former Minnesota Viking, former Denver Bronco quarterback, yep. and current Cleveland Brown backup, Case Keem will start, and I will be watching Case Keem play tomorrow night. And I actually think it's the correct move with everything that's going on with the Cleveland Browns. On a short week, with a quarterback who got really banged up last week. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about yes. his level of play and all that at a different time. This is such a... It's an incredibly correct move. Because if you don't have your two tackles, mm-hmm. you know, Vaughn Miller could have a big game. 
just being realistic, it could happen. And I disagree with that, but what, and that's not because I don't like Vaughn. He's a hell of a player. Yeah, but without Denver having Bradley Chubb, it it just makes stopping him so much easier. Plus, right. you're down all your linebackers. I, I think the Browns will win. I truly do. I think that they're a more talented team, and I agree with you that I'd be shocked. I'd be disappointedly shocked if the Browns don't win tomorrow night. However, I think when you don't have your two tackles, or potentially yeah. down both tackles or one tackle, you're down your two running backs, you're you're down your best receiver. Mm-hmm. You're down, you know, other injuries uh, throughout the team, both offensively and defensively. You're down JOK yeah. and others. Starting Case Keenum makes total sense. This way, you actually bought yourself a second buy for your quarterback. Mm-hmm. He now has two weeks to rest and to rehab his injury. I'm not saying it's going to make a mountains a difference mm-hmm. in long term. Yep, but it's definitely worth. The idea of giving him two weeks to heal, and maybe he can't be a hundred percent because of the injury yeah. to the labrum on the left side. It's not his throwing arm, but maybe through therapy, maybe through rest, mm-hmm. that this two ten days off that he can have mm-hmm. will be a huge advantage going forward uh, for him. And he has a second buy then mm-hmm. come December. Where you're in a really need to win yeah. ball games, and the Browns are three and three. I talked about the math earlier. I said I was going to talk yeah. about the math. What is? I mean, there's 17 games in the season. Mm-hmm. The Browns have nine home games this year, so they have eight away games. I've always said, what is the key to a winning team? If you look at the math, it's pretty simple. You can't go four and four on the road, and then you have to win six to eight games at home. Eight games at the time, in a 16 season, would be undefeated at home. Well, if you win, mm-hmm. that's 12 wins. If you go 7-1, 11, you go 6-2, and two, it's 10, so forth. Now there's you just add another game. So if the Browns go 7-2 and two at home, 4-4 four and four in a row, that's 11 wins. You're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. I mean, that's the math. But the key is you have to be able to win on the road. Going back to the Youngstown State statement. Mm-hmm. And and what we were talking about before. Browns played three road games this year. Two of them were shootouts. Mm-hmm. They lost both those games to Kansas City and to the Chargers. Mm-hmm. They won a sloppy game, a, a grind them out game against mm-hmm. Minnesota. You're one and two on the road. Yep. You have to win home games. This is a home game. Mm-hmm. This is a winnable home game. And then you have 10 days to prepare for the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to town. So this is important going forward. And then you have the uniqueness Mm -hmm. later in the season when you get to the bye because you get Baltimore by Baltimore, which is really weird. Thank you, NFL, for that one. Um, But my point, again, is that's why this is such an important game. That's why I talked about the Chargers game being yeah. a very mm-hmm. pitiful game. When you look at the long term of this team, I said, if they win that game, mm-hmm. legitimately, I said, they could be 7-1, maybe 6-2 because the Cardinals yeah. game was coming up. They, you know, But if they lost that game, I said 5-3 and three yep. is is pretty much a a goal then mm-hmm. when you get to the, after eight games. 
because you would then hopefully, and you're in a three game homestand against mm-hmm. the Cardinals, the uh, the Broncos, and the Steelers, that you would win two out of those three. Let me ask you this: in five words or less. Now I'll make my point, but I want to ask you this first: in five words or less, your opinion of YSU's offensive play calling is what? About a two. So it's pretty damn bad, yeah, it's, right? It's not good, yeah. Okay. On a scale of one to five, it's a two. YSU's offensive play calling, compared to the Denver Broncos offensive play calling, is a five. <laughs> you you forgot I, to mention that the Browns are so... The Browns could have Hugh Jackson back, and they would still wipe the field tomorrow clean. I'm not sure that's possible, but I understand your point of view. Vic Fangio is the worst coach in the NFL. It's not even close. If if this game All right, is me... not over by the end of the first quarter, I, I'd be jumping off the first energy building wherever the hell that building is in Cleveland. <laughs> because it should be over. It's already over now. It's over, except for what the score is going to be. Oh, I hope so. I'm thinking 34-13. That would be impressive with all the injuries. This See, team has quit. Oh, I'm, uh, okay. I'll let you talk about Denver here in a second. If I had to predict a score, which, you know, I, this mm-hmm. is not what I do, but I would have put the score 23-13, 23-10. It would not shock me. I'll say this. Wouldn't shock me if Denver didn't score double digits tomorrow. Okay. But that's how overmatched they are at every position. Except the only matchup that Denver has the advantage at tomorrow is Vaughn Miller, because Vaughn Miller is a stud. Yeah. Vaughn Miller against two backup and that's know, it, yeah. tackles is, is scary. I mean, but the coaching mismatch tomorrow, it's like. Oh, let me ask Doug you this. Phillips on Do one side and Nick Saban on the other. Okay, let me ask you this then. The Browns had that mismatch against Chicago and dominated that game and won like, I don't know what the final score was, but 23-7 or something like that. It was a, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's, it's that type of game. Where it's always going to be worse. The Browns should dominate the game. This is what you're, what you're saying. It's going to be worse. Yeah. Well, I hope so. This game won't be competitive at all. I'm hoping that's the case. I mean, this game won't be competitive at all. <laughs> I mean, it's there's a reason why I have not watched a second of the NFL since last September, and I don't plan on it anytime yeah. soon. Because your team is just not well. It's just not play. It's just you not enjoyable. Play, right. It's not enjoyable and to watch it. Yeah. Play. And there, exactly. I understand. There, there's no hope. And, you know, just some other things about the NFL that I'm kind of on. Let me ask you this, then. The last two coaches for Denver. Mm-hmm. Is, is Denver just in a coaching drought? Meaning they can't find the Well, right the loss player? of Gary Kubiak because of the health reasons. If he didn't have that, he'd still be there. Um, but what it is is... Elway found his guy and he, you know, went with him. I mean, going Who into. Who would you like to see? I mean, just it, curious. It, it doesn't matter. They're still going to suck. Okay. I so mean, you it, think as long as Elway's there, they're. they're well, I don't. No, Elway's not in charge anymore. It's. 
now George Payton. But it doesn't matter who's in charge. John Elway, George Payton, you know, Payton Manning. It, it doesn't matter. As long as the ownership situation is as muddy and as murky and as messy as that is, I mean, Fair they're, they're not going to be. And it, and it pains me to say that because well, Pat Bullen, what Pat Bowen yeah. built as a whole and what his family carried on up until the last couple of years when it started to get very muddy and murky in the legal system and all that, it at the time when he stepped away was the fifth best winning percentage in all professional sports. Right. And that's impressive. Oh, absolutely. Where there were more Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, than losing seasons. I mean, that's just incredible. Um, part of my mindset is, honestly, and it's not, I'm not as big as an NFL fan as I am college. Um, I've seen three Super Bowls. I mean, I have seen three Super Bowls and four appearances. Yeah. There's a lot of fans out there. I got a guy at work. He's 90 years old. He'll be 91 in three weeks. And he said to me today, he goes, I'm going to die and the Browns are never going to get to the Super Bowl. He said, I've accepted that. He goes, I've accepted. And and to me, like, I have seen my team in more Super Bowls and more AFC Championship games when – a fan base like the Browns or the Bills or, you know, I don't know who else out there, but they would die just to, or not die, but they would, you know, they'd give anything to be in just one because as an Indians fan, I would take just one World Series and I'd be happier than... Well, winning the first one always is the most important thing because that's... The first time you get to experience. I don't care I'll what, say this. What, no matter what sport it is. I don't care if it's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, whatever you like, uh, volleyball. Winning that first championship is always special. Repeating championships after that is just glorious, okay? Because mm-hmm. you, you've experienced it and you're re-experiencing it. That first one is just you don't forget it. It means that much to you. Yeah. Okay. No matter what sport it is. Because, like you said, being an Indian fan, you've watched the Indians been in the World Series three times. Yeah. And you've watched them, unfortunately, come up short three times. And the last two times you've seen them. Now, grant you, 16 is the most vivid. Yeah. Is watch them get to game seven and get to extra innings and unable to win a ball game. The championship. Yeah. So. I mean, heartbreak at the highest level. You've also experienced your Denver Broncos, as yeah. you just mentioned, winning Super Bowl. I'll say this. And I'm just, you know, my point, Anthony, is that first one was is, is always special. The 1991 Why is, yeah, is special. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. Because that was the first team. Really, I ever watched win a championship. And that team was four and three, and right? Late in the matter, I tell you what, playoffs, I, it yeah. was glorious watching them win every championship after that, and and participate in the two that they lost, yeah, the three that they've lost, yeah. But that's okay. Uh, Nineteen seventy nine against Washington, Delaware, right? Right, yeah. It was a glorious season. It came up short. It was still special to me as a young man. You know, I was probably. You know, 11, 12 years old, just enjoying every moment of that football season. Think about... 
So, you know, there's a lot of... Winning that first one's always going to be special. Yes. It's like falling in love the first time. It's special. No matter... You yeah. never see that person yeah. ever again. Yeah. It's special. It's true. And that's, that's what it is. That's the only comparison I'll, I can give it. Um, that, to me, and... You know, think about this, is my 1997 and 2016 might be the two best sports years of my life. Yeah. When you think about 97, the Indians had that magical run. And I remember sitting in my old bedroom on my old Zenith box TV watching Craig Bleep and Council around third base. And, you know, and... Uh, I remember I had a countdown up. I had a little toy Nerf basketball hoop. Countdown until the Indians win the World Series. That one hung up there, much to my mom's chagrin, every week when she cleaned. Until, Too long, yeah. It, until March of the next year. I couldn't take it down. And then the Broncos, that was their first Super Bowl win. Right. Was in 97. Right. 16, I see... Why is you go to the national championship game? And we were not the better team. Ten times out of ten, James Madison was the better football team. But even that, fulfilling a dream and a promise that I made to my grandpa, I will go to the next national championship game no matter where it's at. I will be there. And to be there and to see and to walk into that stadium in southwest Texas or wherever... I don't know where Frisco is on the map. I know I, I was there. It doesn't matter. But to walk into that stadium and to walk into the airport and a lady be like, there's a lot of Penguin fans here. I'm like, we're going to the national championship. And to say that I'm at the national championship. Sure. You Absolutely. Know, and then the Indians follow that up with a run that, you know, was so magical that we'll right. talk about, you know, for years. You know, That's- I'll say this, though. I will give up all three of the Broncos Super Bowl wins. Yeah, I, 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 love, I love making role. the deals, but the deals, yeah. the deals aren't reality. Everyone loves making it. I'll give up this. I'll give yeah. up that for that one thing. Deals. But let's I'll make a say deal this, though. does not exist. But I, I'm going to ask you. A, I'm a pity party person. I'm going to ask you one I question. can't take it. Okay. And we'll go to the NFL because that's what I'm going to touch on. In your whole entire life. It could be regular season. It could be postseason. What is one Browns game that you felt no matter what they were going to win that game? Oh, there's no. And they did win that game. Well, they did yes. win that game. Uh, that you felt no matter who, well, no matter I'll give you what two. the other team I'm did. I'm going to give you two. They won. I'm going to give you two. Mm-hmm. One where they won, and one they came up short. Okay. The one they won was against the Jets, where it was the double overtime where Mosley kicked the field goal to win it uh, for the Browns. And that was a when Kosar threw for mm-hmm. like 600 yards. It was just ridiculous, okay? Uh, beating the Jets in that playoff game, mm-hmm. one of the greatest highs. The game I absolutely knew we'd win, but there was a fumble at the one-yard line by Ernest Biner. Yeah. And that was it. I mean, that was game I – that game – I mean, you like I've said many times. Yeah. Every game has its ups and downs, yeah. and plays have to be yeah. made. And I've said it many times. There's no such thing as scoring too soon or too late. Yeah. You you have to make you a guys, play. You, yeah. you have to make yeah, a play. You, you have to make a play. Yeah. Denver made the play. 
and they won the game because they made the play. Didn't Denver have like a 10, 13 point lead and the Browns came all the way back well, they and tied like quarter, it, was yeah. like three, it was a three touchdown lead, I think. And they came all the way back yeah. and that yeah. yeah. It was it was really truthfully. There were two games and, and I'm going to go back to yeah. uh, my era when I yeah. talk about mm-hmm. you know the yeah. Postar era yeah. of the Cleveland Browns. There were two games that should have been the highlight film type of Bernie Kosar's career. Mm-hmm. That would have been the Jets game. Uh-huh. And as bad as it was the drive, okay. that happens. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, you're right. That, that happens. That's, yeah. li- that's just good football that the team yeah. beat you. Well, you every was, team that you okay. root for has lost. Now, this like was that, just yeah. the reverse because you were in Denver. Yeah. And mm-hmm. making this comeback. Yep. And they made it all the way back. You're going in to win the ball game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're getting, actually, it was 31-38, I think, at the time. Yeah. So they're going to tie the game yeah. and go to overtime yeah. and beat them. There was no question yeah. in my mind that was what yeah. was going to transpire. And those two signature games would have been forever talked about Bernie Kosar. Mm-hmm. Because there's no question in my mind they would have won that game and gone to the Super Bowl. Now, if they've won or lost the Super Bowl... Against, you don't know, yeah. Yeah, you just don't know. I yeah. mean, I believe the that Giants? was... I was going to say... The Giants or Redskins? Redskins. I Redskins? think it was the Redskins. I'm not 100% sure. Am I, yeah. I don't remember who won. I didn't care who won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But my point is, uh, that was, should have been mm-hmm. the apex of his career. As, and, and unfortunately, that was the apex. Mm-hmm. And... It started going downhill yeah. from that point on between injuries and what happened. And from that point in 1987 yeah. to 1993 yeah. on, in November is when we started seeing the slide of the Browns. And by 1995, the Browns were headed to Baltimore. And that's just is a unique stereo. And that's my lifetime. Yeah. And everybody has it. Like I've said to you and many times. There are many who were born when you were the Browns were in existence yeah. and you found other teams. Yeah. Or B, you were born nineteen ninety-nine and all you know is this Cleveland Browns yeah. team the way they, they are. As, so it is I mean it, eras change. Yeah. Everything changes over time. Football changes and football stays the same. Um baseball's the same way. By the way, Anthony. We are 162 days away from opening game. I know. Trust me. I've, I'm so we're, counting down. We're legitimately one, one baseball, baseball season, season away. away. With no off days, which would be really tough. But yeah. uh, getting back to my question. We could have a couple rain out. As a Broncos fan, <laughs> there, I have never felt more confident. Now, maybe there's... I'll give you two. Um, since you gave me two. Uh, number one, when... Was it Morton Anderson, mm-hmm. who played for the Vikings, missed that kick oh, yes, against yes, Atlanta yes. when they were the best team in the NFL? They were fourteen and yes, two, wherever yes, they were. Yes, yes, yes. And they lost in the early NFC Championship game. Yes. Um, I thought Denver would have beat Minnesota. It was a really good game. Um, when Atlanta won that game, I kind of knew Denver was going to win that game pretty easily, but. I have never felt more confident in my 30 years than I did when Carolina beat the Cardinals in the NFC title game to go to the Super Bowl. 
As soon as Carolina won that game, I knew Denver was going to kick the crap out of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt really, really yeah. good. Yeah, watching. There are certain matchups. Ju- yeah, yeah I, there's certain. You just matchups. felt really good. Well, uh, the way I'm, that defense was playing, you felt you could beat anybody in football. Right. And then, um, um, I felt once you beat Pittsburgh. And once you beat New I'll England, you I'll give you that the same feeling as when YSU faced Boise State. Yes. I knew Boise State was, was coming yeah. to uh, West Virginia to yeah. play them, and I knew darn well going into that game there was no team at that level. And YSU that got great. down seven nothing in that game early. Yeah, I mean, I, but but I want to say this too. I was never and, concerned. Um, real quick to finish up here, and you were talking about how you know. Trestle, and he won a lot of blowout games. And Meyer, you know, the difference between a blowout for Jim Trestle's teams and a blowout for Ur Meyer team and now Ryan Day's teams have kind of gone here to, you know, like when Trestle, All right, here's if you difference. won 24-10, that was a blowout. Well, yes and no. But, here's, here's, you're right. Okay, what Jim Trestle didn't do is run up scores no, on teams. No, 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 no. But there were times where he was willing yes, to run up yes, score on a team. Yes, yes. All right. There were times you where... You think the Alcorn State game was one oh, that absolutely, he... Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. But, more, but the team... It's also the game dictated. I mean, yeah. you score... Yeah. You, you break off a big They can't run, stop you, yeah. You can't... Yeah, it is what it is. I'll, I will say this, Anthony, is Jim Trestle style of football... Was to always yes. have an opportunity to win ball games. Yes. And one of the reasons he did that is sometimes his teams weren't as talented as the yes. teams they were facing. And the best way to do that was to win a, a 20-16 yes. yes. game. And he did. Now, there are times where he would he'd get out 35-7 to seven and, he, and he'd call off and the coast, spot. Yeah, yeah well, the bottom line is in any game you play is that the final score, did you have at least one point more than yep. the other team? That's the bottom line. I, you don't care if, and then this is the what mm-hmm. if game that you were playing earlier. Yeah, you know about you yeah. know you know making a deal yeah. type thing, I call. But the what if game. If I told you tomorrow, why is she going to win every game they play yep. the rest of this year by one point? Sign me up. Let's go, man. You'll take it. Oh my because god! Yeah. In the end, where does I'll the, get my heart medication? The number goes in the L call. It goes into the win call, not the L call. And so, that means we're playing postseason football. Well, well, that's my yeah. point. It is that now you don't care? I don't care if you win by one or you win by one hundred. It goes into the W call. Let me on the left hand side of the call. Let me ask. That's you, what matters the most. Collect wins. Let me ask you this because that's what I wanted to get to. And my dad was at this game. I don't know if you were at this game or covering this game. I watched the 93 title game when they beat Marshall in Huntington mm-hmm. the following year. 17-5. to Right. That game was 17 nothing the first three series. Yes. And you knew... Why should two plays in, I think, scored yes. on two long runs? Yes. And they got a turnover, I think, or a block punt, scored again. And that, to me, felt, this is game over. Was that 17-5 score, did it feel like... Forty-seven to five. Well, yeah. I mean, did it feel well, like there yeah, was no no chance that Marshall was going to win that game? Wyshu's defense was just dominating that, that good. Year. Yeah, and so anytime they had a lead, you really felt the game was in their hands, and the offense was, was phenomenal. And like you say, they got out to the big lead, and. 
They manage the game from that point yeah. on, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think you got to give credit to Marshall also For, yes. making mm-hmm. adjustments mm-hmm. and stopping them, yeah. and keeping themselves in the ball game as long as they could. But they got a field goal late in the first half, and why he took and a safety late to run out, yeah, yeah, run out the clock yeah. at the end of the game. So, so that was, game was never felt like it no, was, it was never in never it was like never it was like, a, balance. like a two score lead. It was not like the year before. Yeah. Okay. Where Wyshu had the big comeback. That's 28 nothing. yeah. Well, yeah, the second yeah. half comeback. Yeah. Similar to the, what the Browns had against yeah. Denver. Yeah. But it got all the way down to the end. They tied the game at 28. Uh, and, and, and then they, they had they the had, big comeback in 91, too, and they were down 17 to 6 and scored 19 in the fourth. Right, right. And I was only one years old, and I remember that. It's scary. Yeah, it's yeah, scary. You were amazing. But uh, that, uh, what is. You sure you weren't a ball boy that day? We're finishing up with this. What is the best YSU win in your life? 91? Mm. Because like you said, 79 was magical. And for people I talked to, 79 was really fun. Well, that's an interesting question. Because my dad has say, I would say, actually, the 17-5 meant more because of what happened in the, the year, year before. before. Okay. And it, you could have won three in a row. Yeah. But you won two out of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to take anything away from what Marshall achieved. You know, they, they were a phenomenal program and absolutely yeah. worthy of uh, playing for championships. Um, but So, yeah, 93? Ni- because, well, the revenge factor. Revenge factor adds a different level. Okay. Was that the Horns of Huntington game? They... They call it the Horns of Huntington? I don't know. We, we never heard about that? No. I guess... W- oh, oh, I think it was. Yeah. Okay. That, okay, that was 92. Okay. That was when they, when were, they were yeah. on their way. They left the building after and they, they lost. Yeah. And they yes. were... Yeah, okay. And they, in the yes. announcement, yeah. Kressel said, we will no. be back here next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, and that led to... The consecutive back-to-back yes. championships in 93-94. 94 team was one of yeah. the best teams. Well, might yeah. be the best team in program yeah. history. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was undefeated. And uh, if you talk to some of those guys... Unbeaten. They did have a tie, but... Uh, that team probably could have won the MAC that year. That team was v- one of the really best. Really good. Yes, that team was... That team from 92 to 95... Was truly or ninety four? Yeah, they struggled. 94, yeah, that yeah. would I would say were truly a a team that could compete with just about anybody on the football field. Yep, and not be embarrassed being on the football field with. I mean, obviously, if you yeah. took on like Nebraska, yeah, yeah it would have been a yeah, well, they, yeah, they got Tommy Frazier, whoever. Right. Run, yeah, well, but my point, it would have been, but yeah. I don't think they would have been embarrassed. I think they would have. They would have. Do played you remember the ninety seven game? Yeah, that. That to me, of any team I root for, YSU, well, the Indians, yeah, you were just, that was that was the greatest game I have ever watched in my life. And thank God McNeese State's tight end can't catch. Okay, we would have lost that game, but uh, that was a fun game. I mean, they're all special. And we forgot to touch. And ninety nine was special. And you lost. It was a blowout. Ninety nine. You know, and but people don't r- remember this, and you probably do. Is Late second quarter, we're driving. Ryan Jor, best offensive lineman, goes out. That was the game. We're winning 24-17. Right. Now, we're not going to beat them because no, no, that no, triple no, option. I, did, no, I was... disagree. That was really? the game. That was the game. 
Because you're because driving to go up 31 you had Brown 17. running right behind oh, him, getting man. seven, eight yep. yards of carry. And that was the game. Yeah. You, they scored, we scored. They, they scored, scored, we, we scored. scored. Yeah. He went out. That was the ball game. Yeah, you're from up 24 17. Yeah. From that point on, the game completely changed. Well, the minute he took his helmet off and was walking off the field, I was like, this game is over. Yeah. And that was the game. But again, you lose your best player on the offensive line. Yeah, it's you, tough and, to, yeah. and the leader of mm-hmm. that offensive line. It just changed the game. It absolutely changed the game. And these things, but that's football. That's playing the game. Most devastating moment for me as a YSU fan, because 99 sucked. I had tickets to that title game, and I was told no. Yeah, you I, told me that one. Yeah. My birthday, which I'll hold as a, you grudge know, forever. Immature little childish grudge, but you know it's. But uh, the most devastating to me, and I have never read a recap, never read the box score, never watched highlights of this game, and I never will. Was the 2000 Richmond game when we're up nine three, third down? We go for the win, you know, put the game away, and Ryan throws a yeah. That was just that was just a disappointing loss. Uh, That was. That team was very talented and had a chance to go. I thought the team was going back. Well, it had, it had yeah. a chance to go. Oh, oh. Turnovers happen. They yeah. change ball games. And, you know, late in a ball game, you, you, you hate seeing that. It just, But this, that's the breaks of football. That, that's the breaks of playing the that game. That to me and is. And you got to accept it. it it looked. I could be wrong, but Ryan looked like he called a dollar ball yeah. at the line. And I think and, the guy slipped. And yeah, look, breaks. That's all part. It of happens, it, but you, you got to accept yeah. it and you move on. But and that was that, a good Richmond a, team. Yeah, that that was, well, that was the final game of Jim Trestle's career at yeah. Youngstown State. Yep. The next, next time we were talking about Jim Trestle, he was the Buckeyes. Yeah. and leading him to victory against Michigan. Yeah, and then the following year, winning a national title. That game was probably. More devastating than the Bush Push game that I was at. That was completely uh, miserable to watch. To be uh, probably the most devastating game I ever watched was Michael Jordan's shot over Craig Elo. Craig Elo, yeah. Because that was a championship caliber Cleveland Cavaliers team. And everybody knew who what was going to mm-hmm. happen on mm-hmm. that play. Yeah, And they just... You know, I'm gonna here. Let me let me back it up two seconds. Um, They had the greatest inbound play Mm -hmm. that I ever watched prior out of a timeout. Mm -hmm. Was a give and go, and they scored to go ahead. Mm -hmm. They Chicago called a timeout and was able to move it to half court. And as I always say, you have to make a play. They chose not to double-team him. They chose to challenge the inbounds pass. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. History is made, and the Chicago Bulls were on the rise. And that was the game everyone will talk about as the turning point of the Chicago Bulls Mm -hmm. becoming the championship team they were. They had their own losses going going forward Mm -hmm. for another year or two before they became that championship team. But to me, that win was the signature win that changed that franchise. Mm-hmm. And that was a loss that doomed the Cleveland Cavaliers of that era, of uh, the Lenny Wilkins era. Yeah. And 
the Brad Doherty net as the team that could have but never did, uh, you know, yeah. make it to a championship, you know, round. Yeah. They got to the conference finals, but that was the farthest that team ever went. And most of the time they were a disappointment in the playoffs. It was, just, wow. it was what it was. Great team, great players, phenomenal memories. Um, that was that was a, a you know but this, again in sports you have two things are going to happen if your team is good you're either going to win it all or you're going to have your heart broken yep sometimes your heart's broken and it's sixty six to nothing loss yeah and you get over it pretty quick because uh-huh. you were never in the game yep sometimes it's the last second buzzer beater sometimes it is a field goal that wins a ball game yep. that was missed but these things happen. You know, that's just the way we're, well, that's the I'm way I'm going to say made. this. It happens. Uh, I mentioned the Bush Bush. That was the most miserable. That was one of the most miserable games. That was the most miserable game I've ever been at in my life. I have never in my life seen Notre Dame beat Southern Cal in person. Wow, there you go. I'm hoping to God and the Virgin Mary and touchdown Jesus... That, that changes this weekend. If it doesn't, you're going to have to come get me from the top of the Gordon Dome Saturday night. Well, with that in mind, we have come to an end of <laughs> this was, podcast. That was the most... <laughs> that was like a Cedar Point roller coaster. <laughs> uh, I will have to send Brian Kelly after you. And hope- yeah. <laughs> If he's not screwing I hope you enjoy your weekend. I hope it's, it's fantastic. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night to be at uh, First Energy Field. Speak for yourself. Uh, yeah, and it should be a great game. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, Case Keem uh, leading the Cleveland Browns to a victory. And uh, if not, next week, Anthony will be uh, – I'll be eating a lot of crow. And I'll be eating a lot of crow because I think it's going to be over after the first quarter. You're at least giving him a shot. You're at least expecting a Uncle Vic Fangio team to – or I should say Uncle – yeah, you're expecting Teflon Vic to come in and compete. It ain't happening. Well, but let's. Uh, I hope that's the case. Um, they're an NFL team, so anything's possible. <laughs> uh, unless, they're coached uh, like a semi-pro team. Yeah, well, I've seen that too. Um, all right. Just a reminder: Friday night. In South Range, or I should say in North Lima, in South Range High School. In Canfield, if you want to look at the state's website. Yes, it's, yeah. they're Canfield yeah. South Range, yeah. yes. Um, South Range takes on Hubbard, both 9-0 and teams. If you can't be there, and if you can't see it on television, listen on WBBW AM 1240. And Western Reserve Digital Radio, we have it all for you. It should be a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. The following week, I will be for the playoffs in Western PA. Mark will handle the first-round game here, Mm -hmm. Um, probably with Coach. I think uh, Coach Gessler will be with him that week, and we'll go from there. But, uh, Anthony, I really enjoyed tonight's podcast. We did really a football-centric football. But, again, it's October. It's fun. Week 10 of the high school football season is here. If you blinked your eye, 
that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And here we are. So, for Anthony Kepley, I'm Tim Constantine. wishing you all a wonderful good day, afternoon, and evening, depending on what time you listen to this. And remember, as always, tell your family, friends, and enemies about Radio MVP. Peace.